Grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul says, To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Dear friends in Christ, why bother? Have you ever thought, why bother telling people about the love of God in Christ Jesus? I mean, here you are once again hearing that your sins are forgiven in Christ Jesus our Lord, and in Him your salvation is sure. You are good to go. Heaven and all the blessings of Christ's kingdom are yours. You could just cruise. You could cruise the rest of your life in the comfort and promises of God that are yours. So why bother? Why bother with the hard stuff of speaking of his love and forgiveness with people that don't seem to want to hear it? People of this world that are in love with the carnal things of the world. People that are good, either by their own estimation against their own measure of morality, or people that are good in that they feel content with living the life that they want to live and then shutting their eyes in death. These people who may say with Solomon, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, chasing after the wind. So instead of repentance, when people of the world face death, they say, let us eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow we shall die. I have worked with soldiers who after I start to talk with them about Jesus, they shut me down quick saying, Padre, if there is a God, I've made peace with him. I try to explain to them that's not the way it works, but they don't want to hear it. And I think, well, why bother? Right? We are content. We can come here to church. We can flip on the TV or our devices, and we can hear again of the goodness of God and the forgiveness of sins we have in his son, and we are content. Life is hard enough without having to enter into the fray of the socially awkward talking about Jesus in public or in private conversation and possibly alienating somebody. So why bother? It would be great. Great to sit on our laurels and just enjoy the coming of the Son of Man in salvation of our God. But then Paul swoops in with this epistle lesson For today, saying, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. Paul, a man set free from the shackles of sin and the fear of death, and what does he do with his freedom? He becomes a slave, a slave for Christ, a servant of the word of God, so that he might preach the word to all who will hear it. And how does he do that? To the Jew, he becomes as a Jew. To those under the law, he becomes as one under the law. To those outside the law, he becomes as one outside the law. And to the weak, he becomes as one who is weak. And what does that mean? Well, Paul himself was a Jew but became a Christian. And in order to win the Jews, he becomes as a Jew. To the law-fearing Gentiles, he acted as one of them. To the unlawful, he shows love and patience. And to the weak... He loved them by associating with them and not causing them offense. Or as he says, exemplifying his own maxim, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. And again, Paul says, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. 
Paul is kind. He is accommodating. He's building relationships with people, even the outcasts, because he is a slave to Christ. Knowing that his salvation is sure in Jesus, he becomes a servant to all with one overriding purpose, that he might by all means save some. Paul is modeling himself after his master, Jesus Christ, who ate and drank with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners, who accepted water from a Samaritan woman at a well and engages her in conversation that he might save her. Jesus, who healed the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman, all for the greater purpose of seeking and saving the lost. Sometimes the lost don't even know they're lost. But if God can save a wretch like me, then he desires all people to be saved, to know his love and forgiveness, and he uses us, as weak as we are, to speak of the love of God, as Paul does to the Jew and to the Gentile, to the lawful and the lawless, to the rich and to the poor, to the weak and to the strong, to those who might listen and to those who won't listen. But why? Paul brings it all full circle when he says that I might share with them in the blessings of the gospel. As a military chaplain, I try to do this. When I'm with sailors, I walk as if I'm on sea legs and use foul language. When I'm with the infantry, I pretend that I can't do small math or spell. When I'm with the Air Force, I act as if the rules of dress and deportment don't matter. I put my hands in my pockets, chew gum, and address people by their first names. But when I'm with the artillery, I stand taller and prouder, and I speak without using contractions. And I know they will understand the joke when I say five-fourths of people have trouble with fractions. I kid, of course. But why bother trying to fit in it all to earn the right to speak the gospel to people who may not want to hear? I don't know if you know the magician's pen and teller, the tall guy who talks too much and the short guy who doesn't talk at all. But the first person of this magical duo, Penn Gillette, is an avowed atheist. For more than a decade, he's worked his magic six nights a week in Las Vegas with his fellow magician, Teller. And for his part, Penn would be the first to admit he can be crass, vulgar, unapologetically opinionated about his lack of belief in God. And not surprisingly, Penn Gillette has leveled a number of attacks against Christianity publicly. Now, when signing autographs after his show, Penn typically adds the comment after his name, There is no God. After one show, when Penn was signing autographs, Penn had an encounter with a big guy, as he called him, who was waiting off to the side in what he called the hover position. When the coast was clear, this unnamed audience member, this big guy, approached, and Penn, in his own words, described what happened next. Penn said, the audience member said to me, I was here last night at the show, and I saw your show, and I liked your show. He was very complimentary about my use of language, and he said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a Gideon pocket edition with the Psalms of the Bible. This big guy said, I wrote in the front of it and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of proselytizing, he said. I'm a businessman. I'm sane. I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye as he spoke. It was really wonderful, Penn said. I believe he knew that I was an atheist, but he was not defensive and he looked me right in the eyes and he was truly complimentary not in any way empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me. And then he gave me this Bible. 
Penn took to YouTube and said of this encounter, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think it's not worth telling them because it would make it socially awkward, and atheists, he said, who think that people shouldn't proselytize, who think just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself, Penn said this, how much do you have to hate somebody not to proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? If you believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, but the truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this eternal life, Penn says, is more important than that. So says Penn Gillette, the avowed atheist. Why bother? It's not because if someone comes to faith in Christ that we get a bigger mansion in heaven or a pay raise here on earth. It's not because God promises to bless us more if one more is saved through our efforts. In fact, to follow our crucified Christ, we must die daily and take up our cross. We must die to self-interest and serve the one who bought us with his blood. Our Savior bought us by dying on the cross with no self-interest in his own mind but forsaking all that he had, became a servant unto death, even death on a cross, to pay for all of our sins, and rose again on the third day to give us the promise of everlasting life. Gillette said it aright. We speak of the love of God and the forgiveness of sins so that all who might hear would come to faith in Christ, and in coming to faith, they would have eternal life and not eternal death. As Paul says, we share these things so that they may share in the blessings of the gospel. If you are listening out there and you are not a Christian, and you have always wondered, why do those pesky Christians bother? It's out of love. As John says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, John says, since God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. My brothers and sisters in Christ, why bother? Because Christ bothered. He bothered to die for us and the sins of this world, your sins, my sins on the cross. And in him, we can say our salvation is secure. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. 